three. So basically, until the end of time by Brian Greene. This is a, a book I'm listening to on Audible because I was trying to read it, but um, now that I'm driving a lot more, it's just easier to pick up uh, an app and listen to it. Fuck, man. You know what? Shout out to to being able to listen to books. 21st century, whatever the fuck they call it these days. I was having a conversation today with somebody and I was just saying like going to the library and then going through books, seeing what lands back in the day. It's so much easier now to get good information. Oh, yeah. It's been tried and tested. Somebody probably wrote a review on it, told you what the criticism was, or at the very least, Someone that you respect in the field or something has given it a critique and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe this book would work for me. Think about going to the library back in the day. You would have no, I guess, way of confirming if the book was good or not, except picking it up and reading it through. Yeah. And there's a lot of bullshit that you can read. Imagine how much bullshit we see. Imagine how much bu- bullshit we can read. Yeah. So it's just nice being able to like, one, having a, a means and access of getting to information quickly and information that you want quickly. And then the second thing is like, damn, dude, now I could just listen to this shit. Shouts out to technology, man. Oh, yeah. We have the fucking libraries now just literally downloaded as an application on our phone that you can visit at any point of the day. You know what I mean? Whenever you want, two, three in the morning, if you have the inclination of wanting to, for whatever reason, find out how to make Thai donuts, you know, you can download a cookbook for that or any type of, you know, fucking information or physics. Like, you know, like how you're saying yeah. Brian Green, you know, you can do that now. And it doesn't take a lot of space, like having a literal library in the middle of a property in the middle of a field. And then, of course, the, that part is great because the library is closed at 2 a.m. But guess what's not? My iPhone isn't. Exactly. And so that, that transfer of information and how quickly it's become is, is something that I think sometimes we take for granted. But I, I downloaded Audible, so I've been trying it out. I'm giving it a shot because um, I'm, I'm a book reader. I like picking up a book, reading that shit. Real quick, because because yeah. of how you were saying that like, transfer information, and I just wanted to like kind of say, isn't it amazing how somebody can essentially like how Brian Green, he's like he did the whole Audible, yeah, experience, right? He recorded like it's crazy how we now can be in the room with him, like without years yeah. later, mm-hmm. you know, without being in the fucking room with him, yeah, you know, like yeah. he, we're, we're getting exactly what he was thinking, what he was saying. At a different point in time, like that, all that that he's doing has like transcended like space and time and all that crazy shit. And it's so simple. Like it's so simple how it happens nowadays. It's easily transferable. And then I I get access to speaking with an individual that I'm particularly interested in without having, I guess, a conversation flow. But it's a one sided conversation that I could at least understand and stop. You're a mosquito on the wall. You know, I'm a mosquito on the wall as he's fly on the wall, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mosquito fly on the wall as he's breaking down uh, physics. And so why I'm so interested, I guess, in into physics and this book is because, one, I'm interested and curious about the universe around me, and I want to put it in a rational, understandable way. And I feel like the most rational, understandable way for me is with rigorous conviction and logic. Physics offers that to a certain yeah. extent. And so I was, I was listening to this book, and, yo, the way Brian Greene is slightly, like, just shitting... <laughs> Yeah. On on just anything that isn't the natural laws around us is kind of poetic. Yeah, because it, it, at least I can imagine. I haven't read it, but I can imagine he's kind of thinking like, if it doesn't apply to what the laws that govern us, why would I give a fuck about anything else? And it's not why would you give a fuck, but yes, he's saying it in a way is like, if you're going to believe in something, or um, or at least this is what I'm getting from it, 
Yeah. If you're going to to understand the world around us, then you must first understand the laws that govern us. Yeah. And the laws that govern us, physics has dabbled in. You know, the law of thermodynamics. Energy yeah. cannot be created nor destroyed. Matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Only changes forms, for example. And then the second principle of the law, entropy and everything having a net entropy. And if you guys don't know what entropy is, it's the slow descent to molecular chaos. Basically, uh, atoms will eventually very long from now i'm talking billions and billions of years from now end up going into a place that they are less likely to be physical structures so earth universes planets uh people things uh, apples fucking anything is less likely to have an entropy able to exist a lower level of entropy so right now we're obviously operating in a realm that we have low level entropy and we're yeah. able to exist and uh, so he's talking about all of this and uh, he gets to the part about the Big Bang that he's talking about the Big Bang and how it was first presented and how the French physicist that um, went to MIT presented the Big Bang and talked about it with Albert Einstein. Using Albert Einstein's like theory of relativity, yeah. he used Albert Einstein's calculations and said, hey, look, I think the universe had a beginning. Albert Einstein completely dismissed the idea because he's like, look, your mathematics is correct. But it's not applied to the to the reality of, of life. Your physics your physics is dog shit. Yeah, but yeah, your physics is, is good, but your 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 perspective is dog shit almost. Okay. And later on, um, there was an astronomer called Hubble. A lot of people know Hubble, Hubble Space Telescope. This is Hubble, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a, he's a famous guy. And so another astronomer was able to see a universe with the telescope that it was able to see the speed of the universe based on the calculations that it was moving away. And so once you are able to see that, Einstein took that information and understood, okay, this is moving at a distance from us. Yeah. Then that means we came from also uh, yeah. started from somewhere. Yeah. So that's when Einstein kind of changed his methodology around. Okay. The universe Einstein was brilliant. You know, he's really. a pretty smart guy. I want to yeah, say, yeah. you know, like pretty up there. So uh, Brian Greene is presenting this information and breaking it down in a way that's that's digestible. So he's not going mathematics, physics heavy with the formula uh, formulas, but he is explaining to you like it has a beginning because of what we're able to measure. What yeah. we're able to measure around us says that this theory is almost probably right. And so I, I just love love the way that one technology has made it so accessible to get information like this across to people that are just looking for it or are curious about it to put you in a room with one of the best physicists currently around and physicists are someone that if they're not charismatic like neil degrasse tyson yeah. if they're not charismatic like brian green if they're not albert einstein you probably aren't going to know of them but there's a lot of physicists doing incredible work and just seeing one of their pieces like be able to be published and then presented to me and I listen to it on my drive home. Yeah. That shit's incredible. But then what's all the, like on the other side as incredible is like, fuck dude, when you see something presented like that in that scale and it's almost like the scale of like, yo, eventually things may not exist anymore. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually it, it, the possibility, like what he's hinting, he's not saying that oh, for sure, right? Who knows what the fuck is really going to happen 35 billion yeah. years from now. Facts. Come on. Besides Bitcoin being worth Yoiki. What it will be, Yoiger. Uh, we're not financial advisors, but eventually things may not exist. And that to be presented in and of itself is kind of crazy because of entropy and the exchange of heat. Yeah. Think about thought, just thought that requires calories, which requires burning of fuel. Yeah. 
to be able to produce a thought. Like, but there may not be a conscious being able to produce thought eventually billions of years from now. And that's what he's stating in the book and he's getting to. Um, but he also does this. So it's not as depressing as I'm making it sound. But he also does this. He brings it back together and ties it into why it's important to find meaning and existence and how you could still do it in an expanding universe, even understanding where the universe is. You believe going. that shit? You think he really believes that? Of course he does. Yeah. He has to. Because if not, you see, here's the thing for me. It's the motivation and purpose that humans give themselves that will dictate the actions they have as long as they become aware of them, right? So if you're just living to live and you're not aware of those actions or the motivations you have, it's going to be a little bit difficult for you, right? If you're just living for pleasures, then you're waiting for Netflix every weekend. It's going to be very hard for yeah. you to enjoy your work day or any other time that's not time off, technically. Um, but if you're living for existence, then that changes what the meaning is for you. So I feel like there is a way to find meaning in existence, find purpose, be peaceful, but still be driven and still want to accomplish things. But it's, it's, I think it's a balance and it's a, it's a definitely something that you have to walk the wire, right? Cause you can't be the Buddha, the Buddha tomorrow and expect to, to launch a fucking, to launch a rocket like Elon Musk. But you also could be Elon Musk and be low stress. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think there's a, there's a balance between it. I just think that it's, uh, it's a, it's a wire you have to tread and, and the more understanding of the world around you you have, the easier, at least for me, I feel like is able to to dive into that realm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason I, I pose that question, because, you know, obviously, like taking away like religion and spirituality and, and all that yeah. stuff, um, I feel like no one else more than him would know that we're just like essentially just monkeys floating on yeah. a random rock. Um, you know, in, in the middle of literally like time and space. So the fact that he can still know that and then want to like, hey, by, by the way, let's create some type of purpose. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, you know, it, it's just it's kind of it's kind of cool. So what he's saying is like almost like he uncovered his his love for math. Yeah. When he realized like once you prove a theorem, like once you have something that you could calculate. Yeah. Then it's etched in stone. For at least humanity's uh, time, yeah. unless you like, can calculate something else, but then at that point it wouldn't be a theorem or a right. theory, so right? So think like, about like Pythagoras' theorem. Yeah, that shit every is long. Yeah, every that time you see long, a right? right a right triangle. Yeah, guess what you have to use to find out the the other ones? Pythagoras' theorem. Yeah. Period. Then you could develop things like if you put it on a curved surface and different things to change it up. Yeah. But as long as you see a right-sided triangle, guess what's going to happen? You're going to use Pythagorean's theorem. So he fell in love with math from a logical standpoint. But he even like stated in the book that he was at Starbucks, actually. He was drinking his Earl Grey tea. Um, uh, tea. And as he was uncovering one of these calculations that basically showed kind of that shit, protons may not exist eventually. Yeah. He was almost like... He, he said he says it in the book lightly, but he's like, I went to a dark place. I can imagine him going to a dark place when he has that level of like understanding of the universe because it almost feels much bigger than you. Yeah. And I think human existence is about. Yeah, finding that's what a, I mean, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's it, it does. It could feel much bigger than you because, you know, it is much bigger than us. Ten thousand percent. But at the same time, it's it's still. Since the beginning of of, I guess our conscious time we've always wanted the curiosity for reason and and, yeah. and understanding why we're here and stuff like that so tying in physics into 
you could still find meaning in existence and you don't have to you don't have to have something etched to find it. It's almost like you give yourself your own existence. You give yourself your own meaning. Beethoven was a musician. That was his creative art. And as humans, I feel like create creative expression is almost like an easier way to find your own meaning and existence. Does this motherfucker at all go on to talk about like why or how it is that motherfuckers even find math out? Like how it is that you even do a calculation? Yeah. Like how it is that you even know that you need to do this calculation this way or 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 attempt to try to do it this way to eventually hopefully find something out about the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would like I don't know what Pythagorean or like some a lot of these brilliant scientists or physicists yeah. physicists did or go through on a daily basis to crank out these numbers but the fact that you're able to just do that you know to yeah. discover something about the world is bad shit crazy so the thing is is that it's almost like physics is great because it, it piggybacks as it piggybacks off of people's um off of people people's work so when you think of about einstein and the and the apple tree and an apple falling on his head and him thinking well why did that happen why did an apple have to fall on my head? And then you uncover gravity. Yeah. And you see gravity. That's a great song. But you you see gravity, for example. Then you start saying, okay, but if gravity is true, then what else can I know about the world? So it's almost like you're piecing things together. Here's my question. And this is something that I would like to probably uncover at some point. It's like, who was the first motherfucker to just decide that math was a thing? Because that's that's the like a real philosophical question. Like when did math start being around? Yeah. like Yeah. Like what I've thought about before, too, is like, how did we start measuring? Like what did like how how did the first motherfucker measure something if we never knew what we needed essentially to measure? You know, you you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I I like that change start off. I'd like to think like uh, since we we have digits as animals. I like to think that it happened almost naturally. Like, oh, this is one finger away from me. Or that's, that's- this is one leg away from me. Or I, I want to think it's almost something like that. The only thing that is like, fuck, you know, we, then how do we establish an every... Because we're different. Everyone's yeah. legs are different. Everyone's fingers are different. I can only imagine that eventually it kind of was like, no, no, no. We need a standard for let's, let's say yeah. this. Too bad you're actually like, re- like really like, like spot on because I had like looked into it. Oh yeah, yeah. And this was like a, already kind of like a while ago, and I forgot like what was the next step. But yeah, but essentially we it started off with by like um, an arm's length away, right? Or um, a leg's length away. But then it was like very inconsistent because like everyone's, everyone's arms yeah, and everyone has different, different measurements. And then if I'm remembering it correctly, it, it became like a, a, a like social consensus. Like it became like a agreed upon thing. And then we've just gone from there. And then it's just been what it's been for a lot of years. But and yeah, then we've just built on top of it. And then 10,000 years later, now we can see a universe moving away from us and understand that if we're moving away at the speed of light, then that means we started somewhere. This is the shit that I think we take for granted. And I don't mean physics. I mean, yo, information is so accessible and so quick to get to you. And all you have to really be a, is curious about it to get it. Yeah, so, especially uh, t- in today's day, that's for sure. So I think knowledge... Safe to say. Yeah, in today's day, just something like... Because I, I, it, it's it's almost weaponized. Like, now your phone is weaponized for stuff, but you could use it for incredible, like, things. Super incredible thing. I can't imagine my life without the phone, to be honest. 
And so, dude, I was fucking thinking about this Brian Green guy on the way here. I just had to think about, like, how can I present this to the podcast? Because it's something people, like, need to, like, look into. And I don't mean just Brian Green, but just... Yo, you could download Wait, a Brian book. Green again? Yeah. Like, nah, just who's kidding. Brian Green? Hey! But this is something that you could just stumble upon... And it's and accessible to almost anybody. Um, yeah, if we can find it, you can find it. But thankfully, you got us. So, you know, we're going to... We're giving it to you for free. We're going to give you a little something. Yeah, we're giving it to you for free. We're giving it to you for free. Can't let you go without a little something at least, you know? And the Grammys were yesterday, but I don't want to talk about the Grammys at all. But what I do want to talk yeah, about... You, I, you had sent me a text about, like, the Grammys. And I was like, really? Yeah. I know Bad Bunny won uh, an award, which I'm always happy about. Congratulations to him. He does great things for the society and the community. Uh, yeah, and he, you know what, he's a, at least he portrays himself as it has as himself as he can be. Yeah. Uh, so dude, shouts out to him. Enjoy that. He deserves it. And anyone that can like just make it so much so that like when his music comes on, like ass, like my girls, like you know, like like butt just starts shaking and maybe oh, a yeah, bit of grinding yeah, yeah, yeah. starts. You know, like even if we're just kind of chilling like in the room, just whatever. It's just. Any, anyone that can just... That has the power to do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. He's, you're almost like a wizard, like a sorcerer. You know, like you yeah. can just, like how we're saying, like you recorded this in the room and now I'm like thousands of miles away, kind of like still getting yeah. nasty to what you did here. And thank you. Thank you for the great moments that you've uh, allowed me to embark on. He's not Beethoven, but I'm not saying he's not. Gee, shit. Yeah, motherfucker. May not, not be named Be-Toven, Beethoven. Exactly. But he be moving. His name is Benito, but yeah, but it yeah, is Benito. But shout out to, I guess, that part of the Grammys, even though the Grammys has been super, I guess, in, a, in an essence, out of touch. It's almost for a watered down. Time. Yeah, like, I don't even care about the Grammys anymore. Yeah, babe, I will say for the artists that subscribe too much into that um, mindset, it does make it that at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. if you're just, if you, like, kind of just subscribe into, like, all this shit on artists and this and that, even though it, it could be true. To a certain degree, it's kind of like, you know, you just you just etch it even more so into history that way. Yeah. And I, I guess we're talking about the Grammys anyway. Yeah. It's very nice. Just li- lightly. Yeah. yeah. No, because now you said that about Bad Bunny and I thought like, damn, who else won in my head? And yo, Meg Thee Stallion is still a new artist, Doug. I feel like Meg has been around for forever. She won a new, Best New Artist. In the music space, though, it, it's it's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah, it has it, to be. It, it, it works I was talking. Different. I was talking about this with my girlfriend. I'm yeah, like, it works different. I you was can like, be new for like a good two, two and a half years, maybe even three years. You can you can yeah. push that. Yeah, because yeah, because the way the buzz works and everything, and the cycles music goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I don't like that it works like that because I don't classify her as new. But the thing is, I feel like there's just not a lot of quality artists that are always coming through that way either. You know, if like if it was like the NBA, I get that. Where we can almost like if we really wanted to, we can almost kind of pick a new like rising or proof player of the year. You know, because it's more like you can like point at it like this motherfucker just wasn't getting buckets like that last year. Yeah, yeah. But right. music, like Jimmy was a bench player and then he went to most improved player of the year. You could tell that very quickly. And then he's a Miami Heat player. Then we won nine straight. Yeah. Ten, actually, 10 straight. Sorry about that. We just won one yesterday. But I, I think about it, I was like, yo, Meg's been around forever. But I guess what you're saying makes sense to me in that way. It's just the way music has always kind of worked, though. Like, you, like sometimes you'll see some crazy, like, um, like X, uh, Double XL, they do, like, this freshman cover. Yeah. And you'll see some freshman, and you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not no freshman. Yeah. You've been around for... You kind of redshirted twice, it yeah. feels like. And, and it's just kind of... um, Even though I don't want to shit on Meg getting it, because, I mean, good for her. Yeah, but no, like, good for Meg. But... She's, I mean, I wouldn't say she's new. Like, we had the whole hot girl and, like, everything summer. You know what I mean? She's been around for a little minute, I feel like, almost. 
She I might guess, be retiring soon. That's also the bad thing about uh, music too. I guess motherfuckers can feel it can feel like they've been here for longer than what they really have. Even the, but it really feels like that though because she's just hot. She's just you know she's been scorching. She's, she's got the wap. She's been doing all that you know sexy shit. Yeah, shout fuck out it. to you, Meg. Yeah, hot girl shit. Shout out to you. Shout out to Meg. I was just curious as to how that worked and if you had any insight because I I looked at the Grammys just to list because I didn't yeah. want to pay attention to them and somehow still got wrapped up into paying attention to them. Like damn, Meg won. Kanye won. Uh, Jesus, I Jesus know, King won a whole thing. You know. I don't know anything about Christian contemporary music Me either. But yeah, that's the best it has to offer, I guess. I don't know what um. I don't know what uh genre or like what Christian contemporary music sounds like, really, like just off the top of my head. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, saying. But I know there are some, like, I because I've been to church before and I have been to Christian church and like some other bands do slap though. Like, if yeah. you get a good, like, it does slap, but in my opinion, Jesus is King is not that. It's not a slapper. I like two songs on the album. I listen to it. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't relate to it as much. But I don't listen to to Christian contemporary music. But you know, shout out to Kanye. Congrats on that, I guess too. Whatever that brings him. The thing I did want to talk about though, WandaVision just finished. Shout out to fucking Disney's Marvel Cinematic. All you beautiful people. I'm gonna admit something to everybody because you know what? I I feel like the people that listen to the podcast won't let me live it down. I wasn't sold on it the first four at or all. five episodes at all. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't bought in at all. Like I like you're saying. Like you're saying, you, yeah, you like if I remember, I this was correctly, super off of it. Yeah, you were kind of like you're on that, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I almost like wanted. If to... I told you it was fucking crack, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if I told you I was taking a crack all hit right, on my lunch break, all right. No, you got a little crazy. You got you could roast me on it. I honestly didn't enjoy it as much in the beginning because I was making it out something else, which is crazy because I loved it. Like off the jump, like just the way it was started, I, I was like, "This is funky, and I need this." Yeah, people need this. So it, this is what I would say, right? As a person that didn't enjoy it much from the beginning, watch Wandavision. It just finished, yes, and it was absolutely exceptional. Disney Plus has 180 million subscribers. I think it just broke. Yeah, they're growing. Even though they they're growing uh, crazy. Back, uh, I think uh, Paris Disneyland reopening. Oh yeah, indefinitely. Yeah, but that's in Europe. It's because of well, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's in Europe. You know, there's a bunch of things going on with COVID and stuff. But uh, yo, I was looking at it and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense why Disney Plus has so many subscribers. This story was a banger, and this is coming from someone that didn't enjoy it. These are the first. These are the things I liked about it, kind of in the beginning. Yeah, it's different, right? I've never seen a show do something like this. Oh, and and by the way, um, I guess we'll try to give not as much spoilers, right? Like we can. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be a spoiler free. Yeah, we'll keep it as much spoilers free as possible. I I mean, if you haven't watched the first episode, this might be a spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're definitely not gonna just ruin like the end. Yeah, I'm not gonna talk about like specifics. But I what I will say is this: it's a show within a show. So I've never seen a show do that in the way that this did it. Yeah, it's very sexy. Secondly. It's very well done when it does go into the inside show, which yes. is Wanda's vision. Exactly. And then thirdly, and I the humor li- was very. Uh, great that's what I was going to say. As well. I was going to say the humor element, it, like it was fun, it was friendly, like it was inviting. Yeah, I loved it. Here was the things I didn't like about it, or so I thought. This is why you should probably give it a, a watch. I thought it was predictable. Okay. I didn't feel it. As exciting as Marvel usually makes me feel. Yeah. And thirdly, I wasn't like feeling connected to any of the characters in the character development. 
I get that though. That I'm not. I, I won't. I won't knock you for that one because I do feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I do not feel connected. So those were my like gripes that. with it, yeah. and I, I, I hate shitting on shit that people like because it's like fuck, Eddie. You always have to have an opinion. No, I just like having an opinion about things that I'm seeing, and and this is what I was getting back from feedback from from myself. Yeah. And then I I kept going, and this is what I gotta say. It's not as predictable as I thought. Not at all. At least I, I didn't see a lot of that coming. It, it's not as... Pre- yeah, I didn't see a lot of that coming. And I want to say, like, usually for storylines, yeah. like, yo, I can kind of hint at it. And I will say something, um, at least in my opinion, the title itself, it's a play on three different... Like, it's really, like, you can look at it from three different bird-eye views. Like, WandaVision, you can really break it down in three different ways. and Because the story is like that. It, it, it moves very funky like that. So, like, yes, I'm trying my best not to do spoilers for him. The title's an Easter egg, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying my best not to do spoilers, but yes, to that point. The second thing is not predictable because you don't know where the story's coming from. Yeah. And you also don't know where the story's heading as much as you think you do. Yeah, and especially when you find out kind of, like, what's going on, you're like, fuck, then what's next? Exactly. Really, like, what's going to happen here? Exactly. And I didn't expect it to end the way it did, and it ended that way, and now it has my attention as, damn, this was a really enjoyable show. Like, if you haven't watched this show, sit down and watch it, because it's, it's a show that I would for sure watch and feel pleasantly surprised by it, and also, like, fuck... This is this is the way you want the next expansion of Marvel to start. Like this universe, yeah. this now like multiverse slash whatever they're thinking of doing. Yeah. This is how you want it to start from yeah. this vantage point because it makes sense yeah. with Wanda's character. Yeah, and, and um, from what I understand, it's supposed to like Wanda Vision is supposed to sit at the center of everything that's gonna happen moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm sure it has to. Yeah, like it's gonna be like supposed to be. It's gonna be involved with Spider Man, Doctor Strange, all that, yeah. all that, all that good stuff. So no, it's it, it's great to see it, and it's great to see that this is how they started to like kick it off. You know, so different like this. So it only makes me excited for everything else that they have to give us because the new Doctor Strange is coming. Um, in a couple of days, the new uh Captain uh America will yes. be coming out, which yes. has me stupid hype because it's basically gonna be like a little action series fucking ah oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be delicious it's gonna be you we have no reason to think otherwise like every ant man everything marvel has really decided to throw our way has been at least to some degree well thought out besides maybe age of ultron you can you can kind of maybe get away with not watching that you know it's it's whatever but besides that you know like marvel hasn't really missed but even age of ultron ties into wandavision they somehow, nah, it ties, yeah it does you it know does. what i but it's so, not the best movie though is what i'm trying to say uh, yeah it's okay it's, it's you know it's very much okay i get it it My was opinion. it was a very hoo-ha like marvel yeah. like we're gonna kick ass like it was very that and yeah. i get that it was like oh you already saw what the avengers do in the first movie yeah like, so watch uh, us do it yeah so, so like, watch yeah. us do it we're gonna so, do it yeah so we'll half fast at the second time so I get that. What I would say is this. I'm kind of excited for like uh, the whole Winter Soldier thing and um, and now Falcon and, and, and Bucky taking together. But you know what I do want to say is, is I, I don't want to jump into that just yet, even when it comes out, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on hold just for a little bit. For sure, I always do that with the shows. I'm gonna put it on the back burner. Yeah, I'm gonna put it on the back burner just because there's a show that I'm currently watching that is the best show of all time. I wholeheartedly believe so. That's Attack on Titans. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Demon Slayer. I'm not gonna say as to why Attack on Titans because this is not. I'm not really mentioning it to a, to even convince anybody that it's the best show ever made because yeah. it is the best show ever made. And I mean, 
if you haven't done the research, then I'm sorry. Yeah. If there was an earthquake in, in Japan that canceled the airing of the new episode. And I was thinking like, holy fuck. I could know what happens in Japan in the instant that it happens. Yeah. In this day and age. Yeah. In just a second, you can have access to all that information. Yeah. And, no, and then the great part too is like, you have instant access, and if a motherfucker decides to pull out their phone and record, like you're, you're you there. have video of it. Yeah, you're there and live coverage. And so they switched the 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 rec- uh, they switched all um, animations being um, released in Japan on Sunday. They released it to um, to next weekend just because they wanted live coverage of the earthquake. But I find that fascinating. Like I find that really interesting to know like where the earthquake happened, how how far it was, if it uh, killed anybody or not. Like, that information we get so quickly, and it's like, back in the day, we wouldn't know anything about what was going on in Japan. Shit about shit. Wouldn't we wouldn't know anything. Shit. And this is, this is uh, like, tying back into what I started in the beginning, which is really the transfer of information is quick. And how we consume it is so important. And it's smooth, too. It's not even just quick. It's smooth as hell to get that, that information to you. Yeah, and now we digest it so quickly... That if we get false information, we could also digest that very quickly. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it's like it's good and it's it's really good to the point that it's great, but it could be super harmful in a way. So I was just like thinking of that as I was thinking about shows. Attack on Titan uh, releasing yesterday, I was super excited. And then boom, I knew what was happening in Japan. I knew what was happening with the Grammys. And shit, now I know what's happening that just this mo- mogul, like multimillionaire decided to buy internet for people in Miami. Yeah, a, a, a billionaire. I, I don't remember the motherfucker's name. I think it was like Ken Sharper or I think I have it written down somewhere. I don't want to butcher it too much. But uh, oh, Ken Griffin uh, was his name or is his name. He pledged 30 million to Miami, different parts of it, like Little Havana. Yeah. Um, and shit like that. And just, bro, 100,000 different households um, partnered with Comcast to, to get on this Internet. And it's just amazing because I'm someone that I've always felt like Internet should be free. And I've always said that ignorantly without really knowing um, down to the nitty gritty, like how the science behind Internet. But it's always felt like, you know, Wi-Fi is just in the air. You know what I mean? So it's like, why can't can't we just pay very little for it? Like, I hate how much it is, but it is such a great technology that it's almost like, you know, like motherfucker, like, you know, like how like how else do you expect to get this shit? But to be able to pledge 30 million to get that free access to 100,000 different homes, it has me excited because this is just kind of um, the work of like this one individual, you know, 30 million. I don't want to say it's like not a lot, but, yeah. you know, a we, fraction of his wealth in a sense, you know, but we can spit like, you know, what, what if we get like that 30 million times like 10 different billionaires, you know, yeah. or that 30, another couple 30 million with like 100 different millionaires, you know, like you, it opens up the possibility of, you know, um, uh, a way for us to get closer to like a uh, cheesy utopia, you know, somewhere mm. where, you know, we live and like w- internet and Wi-Fi is just abundant like and, and free or just very, 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 accessible. very cheap. Yeah, you know, or yeah, accessible. very accessible. I think we'll get there because as technology is developing, like even like this is, is a great act, but I don't think, I don't think it, it, everybody has to do it in a sense. Yeah. It's almost like we'll get there slowly with the progression of technology because things like Starlink, right? Think about yeah. something like that—a system that will give us internet in a way that we haven't seen before. Then things like Wi-Fi might become more accessible because now we're onto a different platform of of the internet. Just like iPhones, yo, you had to have a lot of money to have an iPhone. Yeah, 
or you had to have a lot of money to have a Samsung or an Android. Yo, almost anybody now has a smartphone. And yeah. now they're becoming more accessible. Like Huawei is one of the biggest producers of, of phones in the in the world. You have like now financing plans and every and you have almost does, like any access twenty dollars a month for the phone. You have accessibility to getting a device that has access to the internet at such a low rate. And I feel like eventually, yeah, it'll become a, a possible for 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 people to have Wi Fi in their homes for super cheap. But I think competition will will improve upon that. So I I think now like I guess this episode is really about um talking about how information is so easily accessible like yo cool shit that we learned about the week which is not just about brian green but yeah. there's billionaires making uh things more accessible for people in miami and i mean really a- across the world there's a lot of work being put into our the infrastructure around internet wandavision is a fucking fantastic show so watch check that, that out show. or just really um just sign up for disney plus and Go deep in there, like you can spend days, really, like a whole month, maybe a month and a half, just with other content they have, and also HBO Max. And this is us just saying it because we fuck with the product, and you better not cancel your HBO Max because fuck you. And just real quick, um, because since we're just you know decided to bring up these streaming sites, supposedly Netflix is, is gonna be cracking down. Oh, on, yeah, um, sharing your password, so they are. I guess enjoy- I, I actually read into that. Yeah, I guess enjoy the the amazing world that we live in right now because tomorrow you can wake up and it could be different. But you know, just to you talk want about to take Netflix away from the game. Netflix, it, it's going to verify like with a two like factor way to make sure that you're that you're using the the device with appropriate access. They're not saying they're technically going to remove access. But it's interesting to see, like, yeah, maybe it will communism get... starts. Yeah, it, it, that's what I was going to say. It's interesting to see, like, oh, yeah, now they're going to crack down on, yo, how the fuck are you using this shit in Canada and in Miami? That, that makes no sense to me. But anyway, this episode has been about really uh, seek knowledge and how, how easily accessible is it? Crazy easy accessible. I, I, would, I just want to end the podcast with this. There's two perspectives in life that you could have. In the 1700s, there was this um, shoe company of two uh, business partners that they started, and it was doing pretty bad. Uh, One of them uh, decided to take a trip down to this uh, village down in India, and he was there in the village. And uh, as soon as he gets there, he sees them with no shoes at all. This community just doesn't use shoes. And he goes and he calls his business partner back in Manchester, and he goes, you know, this is going to be horrible, but there's no way we're going to have business here. They're not wearing shoes. And the moment he says that, the person on the other line says, glorious opportunity. They haven't been introduced to shoes yet. This has been Franchise Audio. Take your perspective and let it lead your life. Peace.